1: Hello.
0: Hello. Podcast Network Asia.
1: Network Asia.
0: What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, aka Austin Creed. I said give me a yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks. Hey everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoker. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy.
1: Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina dragon the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast.
2: Yes, sir. No soundboard Because I know Stan You are listening to The longest running Weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast This is The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast I'm Ron Moran That's Chino Liao And joining us tonight Is a special guest co-host Because well, that's Stan Say hey to Emil Who's coming back What up Emil?
0: Hey!
1: Second time, being back on the show, let's get to some wrestling talk.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How is everyone doing tonight? Mainet, as we talked about on the pre-show, really effing hot right now. And saying hey to everyone who is in the chat. Got a bunch of people making their comebacks. JK is back. A lot of people around here, Glendale, Munn, Gian, Patron Gian, Wilson, Admin Jackie, Ina. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We have so much to talk about because it's been a pay-per-view week, premium live event week, and Shemper to AEW. So, let's get to it. But before that, let me just chill our Patreon program real quick. Because it's going pretty well, you guys. Patreon.com. I mean, see, Emil
0: got to be a part of the stream. Yeah. Thanks to our Patreon program. Yeah, exactly. You guys, If you guys, <laughs> if, if guys want to be part of the Patreon program as well... You can join us yep. by signing up via www.patreon.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. It's on the Chiron right there. Yes, sir. Also, the si admin Jackie will drop it in a bit I our comments. It's for as low as $5 a month. I it's <laughs> a dollar. It wasn't as low as it used to be. But look at the bright side. You dami yung You can be a part of our first merch drop, first and foremost. Babyface producer Mike, let's put up the slide and shirts. Yeah, you will have a choice of one of these beautiful, beautiful shirts. Pwedeng wala. It's all up to you. One of the perks of being a Patreon, you can also be a part of our exclusive Discord server where we talk about anything and everything from resting wrestling, Popular culture, movies, books, sometimes even OnlyFans account. Although, <laughs> ko lang yan, ako, <laughs> right? And you can also be part of our viewing parties yes, as well. Exactly. We have one happening. We had one for Extreme Rules, and we will be having one. For where it for uh, Halloween havoc, bro? crown
2: jewel, yeah. Halloween havoc, I don't know yet. Pero if people are interested, why the hell not? Because uh, it's
0: happening right now. Yeah, right. So yun and daming perks ng Patreon yun. So sulit na sulit yung five dollars yo. Kaya ako ako sa inyo, guys, sign up right now.
2: That's right. That's right. So we did get a new patron for the Extreme Rules Watch Party. So it's Also worth noting that Patreon doesn't charge you at the top of the month anymore. So you get Yo. charged on the 30-day anniversary of your first sign-up. So it's not oppressive in that manner. So please, as Gina wonderfully said, sign up patreon.com slash podcast. For as low as $5. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the first item on the agenda. Please, Babyface producer Mike, let's put it up. The big thing on everyone's radar right now, the return of one Wyndham Rotunda, better known as Bray Wyatt. Okay, Chino, you are the big Bray Wyatt fan. Let's start with you. What did you think?
0: I like how up until the pay-per-view itself, They were still teasing him, box they had that whole 8-bit thing happen during the pre-show, which was a a nice touch, given all the geekery involved, the QR codes and TikTok videos and whatnot. So I like it. It feels like they are circling back to him being a cult leader again, the savior of the lost. In a darker sense, Deba. You guys have many Jeb. It is the comments. The Wyatt Six faction is being teased because over the past few days, WWE has trademarked certain names, namely young Uncle Harper and Uncle Happy, I think is you know the other name was, right? Yeah, Uncle Harper and Uncle Howdy. Those Howdy. are the names uh. that they trademarked. Now people are speculating that it might be part of the Wyatt Six faction that they've been teasing. Also, interestingly enough, see si Liv Morgan and the new U.S. champ, who we'll talk about later. Seth Rollins blacked out their Twitter accounts over the weekend. So kung niyo kayo, yung Twitter nila, it has a black profile picture now. So that's interesting interesting new development. Nyon, I don't really know how they're going to tie everything up in a nice bow. Pero I like how they're returning to Bray Wyatt being a cult leader again, especially since that horror fiasco with the feed. So hindi siya well put right? together. But this time around, I think it's a full circumcision of of Bray Wyatt as a character, as a persona. And I like it. All right. Before I give
2: my thoughts, Emil, what do you think of this?
1: So leading up to Extreme Rules, we were getting these theses and at first, I didn't really like it because I really, sorry, I'm offended, but I really hated the Fiend character. I didn't like the Fiend at all. So I was, like, I thought, oh, maybe back. Yeah. but then this happened and he's Ray Wyatt again. He's not the Fiend. He doesn't have this super like a mystical shit that I didn't like with the Fiend. So I really like this reinvention that we are possibly getting here with this new Bray Wyatt and I thought the show was ending it. So they already had the graphics. So I thought came, fake
2: out rin, yeah, like, yeah, in like the NXT days.
1: I, yeah, I thought it's not gonna it's not gonna happen, but I'm glad it happened and I'm really looking forward to this new version of Bray Wyatt.
0: Anggaling panang acting ni Michael Cole dun, eh, yeah. Is it is Are we still live? We there, the cut is dun sa Titan throne, eh. so So, ah, Michael Cole, maling timing, mo but okay, I'll let it pass.
2: Because it's just a night. He doesn't. So, uh, sa NXT na yan, so, yeah, uh, so, he didn't know what to do with Vienna. So, it was actually the first time somebody on commentary reacted to the fake out, the yeah. show going on after the graphic aired. So, you know that was pretty interesting, though. It was well done, I think. But but so yeah, my thoughts, I'm going to agree with Emil here, kind of. Sorry, Julian. My opinion is also that of... eh say when I realized that it was going to be Bray Wyatt, the last clue, I believe, on the SmackDown before Extreme Rules, pretty much pointed to Bray Wyatt. So, indifferent, na indifferent. So, I didn't really care about Bray Wyatt. Like, Emil, I didn't really care about the Fiend character. Chino was right in saying that it wasn't really put together by the end. It was all Wyndham's idea yes but it was really bungled by how vince ended up booking the the fiend character near the end so th- that was really just a lot of indifference from my part but a lot of people really liked the return of bray Wyatt. they're really hyped to the point na seven million views on youtube i believe yeah it was fire yeah de you guys really enjoy your horror stuff and even though I don't like it, I can't really say anything about that. Because if it's popular, it's popular. It, it's best for business. And Triple H pretty much highlighting this thing that's super popular is only good for them. So I can't really talk shit about it. I'm just going to say that it's not for me. So yeah. So about Bray being a cult leader, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll find out by this Saturday on SmackDown. I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think of the possibilities?
0: is the if there was a company or a promotion that was to do a horror angle with regards to all of this, I'm glad it's the WWE because they production power and make a higher hand to actually pull it off. Right? To actually give it that scary persona. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but when done well, it can have a retaining factor included. Diba? As far as Bray being a cult leader is concerned, parang hindi naman kailangan ni brain ang stable. And I feel like he can carry a match on his own, hindi niya goons to do his bidding. Because we're talking about a supernatural force here, whether it's Bray Wyatt, the cult leader, or the fiend itself. There's some supernatural aspect. So I don't know how involved the other people in the stable need to actually be to move his stories forward.
1: So for me, the Colt thing, that was a Bray Wyatt I actually liked when he was le- leading the Wyatt family. So if there's something that I'm looking forward to, maybe he gets his own stable. But I kind of also agree with, with Gino. Like We have too many stables already in the main roster. Not that I would not that I would hate adding more stables to it, but I can get that maybe some can get le- lost in the shuffle. So, again, it's really too early to predict anything. that am just has SmackDown this Saturday. So, I guess we'll find out what this new Bray Wyatt is going to be. All
2: right. So, I thought, lightning round question from the chat. I thought I saw this really good question. What's returned return Bray Wyatt or Cody Rhodes to WWE? Or even CM Punk? That was what people were comparing on the internet. Right? So, which one did you guys like more? For me, it's not the question. Bray Wyatt. All right. All right. All right. Emil, what about you?
1: Actually, I will go with Cody. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I would go with Cody because I don't know if it got teased longer than it did with Bray Wyatt. But I also can't blame the others for picking Bray's uh, return. It was more majestic, I think, in my opinion, than Cody's and Yung Returning Wyatt, yun Yung main attraction show compared to Cody, which is you know it happened at WrestleMania, Madame de Nanyare at WrestleMania. So but personally I go with uh, with Cody's return This year's uh, WrestleMania.
2: All right. My pick is CM Punk's return. Even though we don't like him now, at the time it was meaningful and what it represented was good. All right. Let's move on to the next item on the agenda. Babyface producer Mike, can we put it up? Yes. The big news from Raw the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows have arrived straight from NJPW because I was literally watching an NJPW show from last Saturday that had them on it. So the news is that. they were done with Impact and they weren't signed exclusively to NJPW. Carl Anderson is still the Never Openweight Champion and there are no updates yet on what they're going to do with it. Whether he has a defense scheduled for November 5. I believe that's something Autumn from NJPW. I forgot the name. But uh, the news is that Carl still wants to work NJPW dates. He still wants to do Wrestle Kingdom 17 uh, in January. And it looks like he might be getting his wish of working two companies, two major companies at once. But we don't know that yet, right? Thoughts on this big news? I mean, welcome
0: to Triple H's WWE, deba. Right? He was, he said, and right? when when Tony Khan called out the WWE for not working with other companies, Triple H said that he was in talks, quote unquote, with NJPW and. Now we know what that actually means. Right? It means that other people like Carl Anderson or Carl Anderson himself being the president might actually get to work with both companies. Right? It might also mean in the future, like Glendale is asking for, that there might be a talent exchange with New Japan and WWE. Diba? Maybe we might even see some red cutting happen and the WWE might actually recognize Antonio Inokis WWE <laughs> title. <laughs> <diba>? <laughs> hey, who knows? But far-fetched yun. Yes, it was a joke, guys. Relax, wrestling world. But <laughs> it's a good sign of things to come. When a company as large and as exclusive as the WWE begins to open doors like this, it becomes more inclusive in the wrestling world. And we all like that as fans.
2: All right, Emil, what do you think?
1: Okay, so like Chino said, this is like the new era of WWE with Triple H. But I also think that it's also a new era for New Japan. Remember when like they had the president before and then he got replaced? And then that really opened up the relationship between NJPW and AW. So now it seems like NJPW is also opening up its doors for WWE. And this is a good thing. Like it doesn't really need to be a full blown forbidden door, but just the acknowledgement that these two acknowledgement of NJPW existing in the canon of WWE. I think that's a welcome addition to this new era under Triple H. And Carl Anderson, he's going to be working New Japan dates as well. So it's good for both companies. This is a win-win situation for both NJPW and WWE. And who knows, maybe we can get more talent exchanges in the future.
2: Yeah, it's worth noting as well that uh, Triple H is the guy who was able to bring over Jushin Thunder Liger yes. to NXT all those years ago. And also, forgot to mention the NJPW World Twitter account retweeted the tweet on WWE with the video of the Good Brothers returning. So, there's something there, I believe. Some NJPW stars also reacted, like Jay White, who acknowledged this. So, apparently, the reason for this is because, shempre, as Carl is still the never openweight champion they can't ignore him they can't ignore what he does even if it's with another company so i hope that this is the crack in the door that becomes the entire thing opening it's a wonderful time to be alive so let's move on to more returns but before that let us hear first from our fellow podcasts on podcast network asia Saying hey to scum again on, on Kumu. He corrected me. He said the event the NJPW that Carl is still booked for next month is Battle Autumn. I knew it was battle. I just, could, I was just wasn't sure. Thank you, man, for tuning in. Thank you to everyone on Kumu who's tuned in. Um, please keep smashing those hearts. We are at 1,574 likes Yo. right now. I think or I'm pretty sure that everyone on Kumu know that you like the wrestling talk on the platform. All right, let's move on to the next item on the agenda. There's another big return that happened on Raw this week. It is one Yeehaw Brock Lesnar. Chino, what do you think?
0: Interesting. First of all, I thought that they would make this a US title uh, match because they've been really building this US title picture really well right? for the past few months, that Lashley's being the only champion on Raw. But, na disappoint ako ng content na binigay nila kay Seth because I didn't really feel that Seth needed it. Uh, but at the same time, it's also interesting because we're finally getting that MMA match that people have been wanting to see for the longest time. Remember how uh, when Lashley was the WWE champion, they wanted to see him take on Brock, who was also the champion at that time, a uh, title versus title. Thing and everybody wanted to see uh, this former heavyweight MMA fighter go up against another former uh, MMA fighter, the So, it has that dynamic to it. I'm pretty sure they are going to use that to build off this story because it's not Lashley, like why he destroyed him like that. But I don't know, big meaty men uh, fighting mean. each other Sofie is also <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always good for me. You know, and been liking the recent Brock Lesnar runs where he's just out there being a redneck and all lee So maybe they carry this over here. I don't know exactly how this character translates into a heel, but we'll see.
2: All right, Emil, what do you think of this feud not being for the US Championship? That Bobby Lashley has pretty much put the prestige back in.
1: Also, I agree with Gino. At first, I thought it would be interesting for Brock Lesnar to chase after. the U.S. Championship because Brock Lesnar has never won any mid-card championships in his career. pumasok Masoksha, he was straight into the main event and then he lost the title to Seth Rollins, which is you know kind of kind of a bummer. But it's we're still gonna get a really good feud here with Brock and Lashley. But I just have a question: Who is? Exactly, the heel in this situation.
2: Yin Yay, that's a good question. Yen-Yay. Like, Brock yeah.
1: did a heelish thing, but after that, he was high fiving with the fans. So you can't really say he's a heel or a face, but Bobby Lashley is a baby face, and Brock Lesnar did a heelish thing attacking him. So I don't know. I guess we'll find out as.
0: We we go on here With the storyline That's the reason but na bring up The fact that Brock Lesnar Might not translate As easily yeah. To heel Brock Lesnar Because remember Heel Brock Lesnar Had the crutch Of Paul Heyman Being his mouthpiece diba? I don't necessarily know If this happy-go-lucky Brock Can still be happy-go-lucky And be a heel At the same time diba?
1: Yeah,
0: I, I don't know It's a, It's a little murky for me Yeah like, Yeehaw Brock is so relatable.
1: Now, I, I, I can't see people booing him. So if he's going to be a heel, does he go back to, like, old Brock? So I, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I, no, yeah. I don't know what they were doing with this. It's so weird that Brock was made to attack a beloved babyface now in Bobby Lashley. So um, what I'm getting from it is that Brock is just is. He's just a force of nature. He doesn't really care about who he attacks. So he did a heelish thing by attacking a babyface. But people still like that. And people want to cheer for Yeehaw Brock. So yeah, like Cheetah said, I don't know how this is going to translate. I don't know how they're going to tell the story. But uh, it's Triple H. So I am very much open to it. I'm just pretty sad that Bobby Lashley had the US Championship taken from him. I thought he was, really, he was doing a really good job. And I wanted to see Brock like focus his energy on a mid-card championship. Kahit, kahit mong demotion niyen, it's still interesting to me because it's still Brock making a title look prestigious by chasing it.
0: Yeah. Hindi Yun kalaking demotion. I don't even see it as a demotion because with the titles being sort of unified now, the main titles at least. Bobby Lashley is now serving as Raw's main champion, right? Whether it is a TV title or not, he's standing he's bringing prestige to the title, and giving him a main eventer like Brock Lesnar actually elevates that title picture a little bit more. Right? So it's dapat they double down on Bobby as champion, but we'll see where it goes from here.
2: Right. Emil, anything else you, you want to get off your chest?
1: No, pretty much, sorry, sorry, I didn't know when you uh, thought about this feud. Again, could we stop seeing heat. So, you know. Right.
2: All right. All right. So, guys, move on then to the next item on the agenda. One more return, but not this week. It's going to be happening next week. Ezekiel is no more. And we are getting the drifter, Elias, back. I got feelings about this, but I want to know if you have any feelings about this. Anyone it's can. interesting They're yeah. giving people
0: Their names back Sorry yeah, know. You know, We just saw We just saw Max Dupree Drop Max Dupree He's now Knight LA again LA. Yeah. And now Elias is Elias again So we've asked This question On the pod before How do they yung The name changes diba? And so far They've been explaining it As like Some mistake know what? <laughs> like they're trying To write it off na ganun ka Oh, somebody tried to change me, but that's not who I was. Yeah, <laughs> so no. No. Vince McMahon run. Yeah. <laughs> no career in that. Which is pretty funny if you think about it. They are just shitting on the old man at this point no, eh, good luck to them, da? But then, I like how they are giving people their names back. Though. and that's the thing that people uh, that I wasn't uh, on with at first, but liking that the panini digadlay yung part na yon. So congrats to Elias,
2: being
1: Elias again. You got yes. it back,
2: yeah. Emil, what do you think? Are you an Elias fan or an Ezekiel fan?
1: Like, the only question I have is, ang bilis saan ng ni oh you... ni Elias.
2: I think it's been a while, like a couple of months. So I think yeah, uh, Yeah, so it's going to be pretty long. uh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but so Elias was someone who always gets heat. Like before, like remember the time where he dissed the Supersonics and the Seattle crowd really let him hear hear their disapproval. So I'm kind of indifferent to Elias. Like I am entertained whenever I see him, but Ezekiel was something else. I really love that storyline and. I kind of got sad that KO put him to pasture just weeks after Triple H took over and now we're getting back Elias. So yeah, but also looking forward to what Elias would be when he returns, finally returns to, to Raw.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm a big Ezekiel fan, mostly because like I said before here on the pod, when Elias was Ezekiel, they let him be a wrestler. They let him be a pro wrestler, and ito, he's going back to his drifter slash recording artist acoustic night gimmick here. So, mejo may ceiling in for me, but also undeniably, it's a lot more over with the crowd. But people also liked Eli- uh, Ezekiel, as I think I can argue. Let's say Ezekiel wrestled more. He was entertaining. He was a great underdog babyface wrestler. And I think they could have given that more time. But who knows? Maybe the guy himself, Jeffrey Shulo, maybe he just liked being Elias a lot more than Ezekiel. But we'll never know, I guess. So
0: Also, this new logo of Elias is, is pretty interesting. Uh,
1: I think
0: yeah. Sorry, what's that? Kiss tone, ma. Yeah, Fonda. yeah. So I think they're trying to elevate Elias, trying to make it look like he's not an indie rocker anymore. The sign shot to a big label. That's the vibe I'm getting. I'm getting at at pro, least me character so. development, ma. Oh, ma. Par hindi, siya, hindi siya indie acoustic open mic playing. Because he signed to a na label. That's at the whole vibe I'm getting.
2: Niya si Busker sa BGC, gana. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's move on because there are so many things that happened over the past week. Babyface producer Mike, Legado del Fantasma is also back. They are now on SmackDown and they are now being managed by Zelina Vega. It is by Electra Lopez for now. We don't know where she is. We basically predicted that Legado would move up to SmackDown, so there's no question there. So I would like to ask you guys... Is Triple H adding
0: too many people to his main rosters too quick? Anyone? Anyway. I don't know. First of all, congrats to the new uh, Legado del Fantasma. It's always nice to see some representation in the heel stables of the WWE. So if you think about it, what are the white stables here in the WWE? <laughs> Imperial. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if Italian. Rolling Roots. <laughs> Oh, the Brian Bruce. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Uh-huh. There we go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So Legado being a heel faction of Latinos is, is, is perfect for me. I don't mind having these many guys on a roster because unlike AEW, WWE ha- actually has the airtime for all of them. They have a three-hour show one night, a two-hour show another night. They have all this online content that they put out. They're crossing over left and right. They also have house shows and road tours and a premium live event. So, sa akin, walang problema kasi kaya naman they can actually utilize the roster a lot better than you know, say a smaller company like ADW can.
2: Emil, do you think the roster is bloated?
0: No, because
1: um natin before Triple H took over, Vince pretty much like gotten rid of like everyone from the roster. And we were seeing Roman Reigns showing up on Raw and SmackDown so ganun kashalo yung depth ng main roster before Triple H took over so it's a good thing that you know he's pinapasok (laughs) nito mga NXT call-ups and returns from like people returning to WWE again it adds more depth to the main roster and sabi ngayon Chino you need more guys because WWE like is it 24-7 like 365 wrestling company they tour all over the world tape shows every week they have so much airtime that they need guys to play a lot of roles in the company so i am not i don't think the roster is too bloated and the number of people it's perfect for the situation uh, right now so
2: Yo, thank you for pretty much saying what i wanted to say emil uh, you pretty much hit it Right on yeah. the head. You, I especially like that you brought up how Vince gutted the roster over the past couple of years. So, in ending kasi is he ended up running the same matchups every week for months on end. So, uh, that's yeah. what happens when you don't have enough people. So, now that you have enough people, you can cycle these uh, these roster members. You can cycle these matchups. Everything feels fresh. If you watch the month-long run of Raw over the past few weeks you'll see that they cycle through a bunch of different matchups. And then when they did do rematches, it didn't feel like we saw this just before. That's just a week before. So that's what's really great about this. And when you have enough guys to do this with, your booking is pretty much safe. So, I like that you agree with me. Like you guys agree. So, okay, tayo na stables on SmackDown and on Raw. All right? So, before we talk about extreme rules, we have one more thing to discuss. It was the season premiere of Raw and SmackDown and with that came new announced teams. So, here is the rundown of what changed. Jimmy Smith from Raw was fired in his place was is kevin patrick the former backstage interviewer of raw and byron saxon is now gone from the commentary table pat mcafee on smackdown is momentarily replaced by wade barrett from nxt and taking his place on nxt is booker t on caller commentary and then see nigel McGuinness, who is who was last seen on nxt level up is gone from the company as well And Kathy Kelly is also back as part of the Raw broadcast team. So a lot of movements. One big change I like is that every show is back to a two-man announce team. I didn't like the three-man setup. And it makes it so much easier to follow. What do you guys think?
0: I listen, man. I like anything that brings Kathy Kelly back. She's, <laughs> my, she's my number one. She's the number one right there. So yep. I like it more than I that I like bringing Kathy Kelly back more than I hate having Booker T back. Uh, but, so it's easy enough for... Because si Kathy Kelly, I can ignore the fact that I hear Shucky Ducky Quack Quack again. Uh, so okay lang sa akin yun. It's interesting. I like the Barrett and Cole combo. The Barrett is just really a natural heel on the commentary desk. So I like how they are able to bring that to a much bigger show. How So did they keep that announced. Yeah. For me lang, yung
1: question ko lang dito is... What happens when the college football season ends and Pat McAfee goes back to WWE? What will happen?
2: My understanding is because Wade was filling in. uh, Corey and Wade were filling in for Pat McAfee. Pat comes back after college football and then Wade goes back to NXT. And then Booker T is a temporary replacement.
1: So that's what I think is going to happen. But they haven't really confirmed that. (laughs) Booker n x t so and then also one thing I kind of got sad with they got rid of Byron Saxton. I like Byron, <laughs> so maybe i'm maybe I'm one of the few who like uh, Byron Saxton, but he will be missed just like a Roman J here in the comments uh, said so yeah it's it's always a good thing to see some shake ups I'm looking forward to because. <laughs> Convoluted, like too many cooks in the kitchen, yeah. as the saying goes. So, a two man team is very refreshing. It's been a while since the Galantine of Normal, two man team on commentary, both Raw and SmackDown. So, yeah, uh, this, is a, this is a good change under the Beast fight. All
0: right. I don't know. I don't have as big a problem with the three man setup as you guys. So, I, it's probably just me. But, I mean, I don't have a problem with this new shakeup either. So, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I think the commentary teams have been okay before and this is just okay as well yeah but i just i personally don't like three-man teams all right so again now that we're all in agreement that this is all good let's move on to the big pay-per-view extreme rules is over and done in the books let's talk about it as a whole first question did the entire premium live event live up to the extreme rules billing and the fact that every match had a No, some sort of no DQ stipulation,
0: uh, yes, kind of. I mean, I know how you feel about this role, Uh but I didn't expect deathmatch level violence going into it. You know, (laughs) for me, it was still a WWE uh, premium live event, so. There's a ceiling with that sort of <laughs> with that sort of mayhem and chaos right? they won't cut people with graters or put them to fiery tables. You know, but at the same time I like how they actually tried. You know, some of it was very weird, like the Ronda Rousey match. Uh, that was very uh, very off for me. But everything else I felt like was okay. Alright, Emil. So For me naman, yes, it, it did kind of live up
1: to the extreme rules name. For me naman, with Extreme Rules. As long as the stipulation makes sense to the story the match is telling or the storyline is telling, I'm good with it. So for example, you the uh, the fight pit match. Riddle and Seth Spew that's gotten to an all-time high that they needed to have like uh just talagang telegram partagolen the cage, which makes sense and it delivered. But also with Edge and Finn Balor, the storytelling to that match was superb, but the only match I didn't really like was the strap match. Because, uh-huh. yeah, yeah,
2: we'll talk about yeah. that in a bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will ask, don't worry, I will ask, I will ask. Yeah. Uh, the question Muna, is, did it live up to yeah. the extremeness? Uh, so for you, it did, Emil. So, is yeah. what you're saying, all right? Yeah, to me, because as Chino already implied, already referenced to, I didn't quite like it as much, mostly because I know I hear you, what you're saying, that this is still a WWE event, but <laughs> it's Triple H, and we've seen unsanctioned matches. On NXT Takeovers. Yes. And those were brutal. And I thought they would at least carry that level of brutality to this event. But to me, everything just felt tame. A lot of the matches felt slow and plodding. I didn't feel like they were violent enough for me. But are you guys in chat? You You guys liked it. And I'm glad that you liked it. It just wasn't kicking for me until one of the matches. Which we'll talk about in a bit. So oh, I'll say, I know some of you guys don't like the blood as much anymore, but some of these matches, some of these matchups needed blood for yep. me. Yeah. And that would have taken it to the extreme. So it also didn't help that Philadelphia crowd wasn't really reacting to it as much because I'm sure said that's a legendary brand of extreme. So it felt like a lot of it fell flat. So, so yeah, let's talk about, the good things
1: first. What was your favorite match of the show, Emil? So go ahead. For me, it's the I Quit match: Edge versus uh, Finn Balor. For a couple of reasons. First, Michael Cole. <laughs> what yes. a superb job by Michael Cole Uh-oh. throughout that match, especially when Dominic interfered and Michael Cole. Kulang na lang. niya jacket Dominic. So I can feel the, his his passion, his hatred for Dominic. And there were a lot of like callbacks to the rock versus mankind. Especially si Michael Cole where I swear I heard the same thing during from when JR. I was watching the yeah, no for Michael Cole, he did uh, the uh, Rock uh, hey, hey, hey. versus right, Mankind right. i Quit match from Royal Rumble ninety nine. I swear he was saying the same lines with the same passion. So again, Michael Cole tremendous he really added something to that match. And also the ending, where Edge was pretty much blackmailed into saying, I quit. And there was this line by Rhea, which really resonated to me. Like, she said that Edge taught them well, and she did a concerto to Beth Phoenix. So, parang kay Edge may, parang may conflict na, parang he was the one who brought this upon to himself when he created the Judgment Day. And now this happened. Catalyst ng, sa kanya and to his wife. So great storytelling with that match. And again, that was a match I really loved throughout the, the premium live event.
0: All right, Chino. I also like the I Quit match, but not as much as Bray Wyatt coming back. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> not taking <laughs> <really> a match. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, Madayan's like a good shot. Oh, yeah, you had to, uh, If you had to press me it, uh, for a match, gun to my head, it'd be the I Quit match as well. Everything else was okay. The Brook fight was also okay for me. So, uh, yeah, if you had to press me for a match, I'd say those two. But really, Bray Wyatt over everything else.
2: That's fair. I'm also going to agree with the I quit match. Even though I said most of the action was slow and plodding, the storytelling in this match more than made up for it. I listened, I watched the match back with English commentary, American commentary. Such a good idea because Michael Cole was on his game yes. in that match. Really channeling peak JR. And current JR wishes he could still be that kind of good. So, it's uh, this is Michael Cole. It didn't feel it commentary. Niya, so it all came from him. I think as a father, he also uh, channeled his own feelings about his son. About the son fighting the dad. And also that finish. Edge being made to quit by Rhea Ripley taking out Beth Phoenix with very move. The very same weapon move that Edge and Christian made popular. Stroke of genius. I knew that that was an edge idea. I say only edge could think of wrinkles like that. So, medge- super chef's kiss. None. I wish I could like other matches as much as the I quit match, but alas, it was not to be. And on that note, let me ask you then what was your least favorite match on the Extreme Rules card? Anyone? Emil. Uh, Take for me, I
1: mean, it's the strap match. Because the strap match is a type of match that actually. Is much more tamer if it than if you, to go one on one because ka sa kalaban So the movement is kind of limited, and it showed. Like the match was slow. It was I didn't like it. I, I just I just don't like strap matches in general. The only strap match maybe that I like was yung hawa ka sa four corners because may trillion. But with a normal strap match, it was it was meh and the finish kind of didn't make sense
0: to me yeah. either the pepper spray uh, I don't I don't like that like that like uh, God bless Drew McIntyre he did his best but just didn't didn't work for me. Right. I'm gonna side I'm gonna side with our guy Giancarlo here and say Ronda vs Liv. Oh yeah yeah good point that super super obvious sorry I don't know Bak Ganon you sell yeah, with the chair hit but So it was hard for me to believe that she was hitting Liv as hard as Liv was sending it you know what I mean so it already broke the facade for me and so the finish was just like I was just waiting for the match to end and whenever I'd have to see Ronda do something hardcore quote-unquote it it just make me cringe, so that would be my choice. All right, I hear you guys with
2: the Liv versus Ronda hate. I would agree with that being a bad match, but I can also kind of chalk it up to Liv just not being as experienced as she they want her to be. So talagang I don't know, but I think that can be workshop. It just takes some training a little more experience but I'm gonna agree with Emil here and say that the strap match really fell short of expectations especially that finish look Karrion Cross is supposed to be this big monster who can destroy Drew McIntyre and beat him up to a pulp and it takes his wife's pepper spray to beat Drew McIntyre all because Triple H is afraid of making guys look weak that they have to bring in this outside interference which is technically legal yes Nisha Nisha covered by DQ rules but it just really made Drew look weak and Karrion Cross look weak I said, Karrion Cross couldn't get the job done without a self defense uh, item <laughs> on a keychain you know so a huge missed opportunity and almost like a, g- a return to the gladiator the, the Gimp Gladiator thing that they. That no, it, no, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to be this big force, and that he didn't become this big force, you know, it was kind of sad for me. There was such a big expectation and pressure for Carrion Cross to break out. And so, did sh- you
0: expect him to smash, to squash? He he a squash but
2: no, I wasn't expecting a squash, man. I was expecting yeah. like a real fight, like kill each okay. other with a strap, wow. and then. Okay. Cross would be the guy who withstood the punishment just a little more that night. Pero, yun yeah, didn't want Drew to look weak, which I get, pero somebody has to win decisively in these things. All right. Now that we talked about our least favorite stuff from Extreme Rules, lightning round question. Uh, now that he's in charge of the booking, should Triple H get rid of Extreme Rules and other
0: themed pay-per-views in next year's calendar? I don't, know. I don't think they should. It, honestly it still works for me. Right? I some criticisms. I still enjoy watching it from time to time, you know. So I don't feel like they need to get rid of it just because it's dated because things like this aren't as dated as they feel it. Eh. Kaya mo naman i update with certain ways and gimmicks and storylines and whatnot. So I like watching them. I like looking forward to these things, especially since gumagan taladin yung storytelling ng WWE. All right, Emil. For me, not
1: all gimmick pay per views siguro if I was to get rid of uh, gimmick pay-per-view, it's TLC or Hell in a Cell. Because there's some gimmick pay-per-views that actually works. Like the Money in the Bank really works. It's now becoming the fifth biggest pay-per-view of the year. But I don't really get the Hell in a Cell and the uh, TLC pay- t- pay-per-views. Because force, yung for example, the Champion and the Challenger, they're just selling the feud. But because Hell in a Cell is the next pay-per-view, they're going to face each other in a Hell in a Cell match where in canon, a Hell in a Cell match is supposed to be a feud ender, So, there are situations situation I wish na it should not be But sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But for me, just those two pay-per-views I would get rid of. Alright. I'm going
2: to say I'm going to be uh, the opposite here. I, I want these themed pay-per-views to be gone except for Money in the Bank. Extreme Rules, Hell in a Cell, even War Games. There's no reason War Games should be Every November, I don't think they did that for a certain month every year back in WCW. So these things I feel should be brought in when the storytelling calls for it, not in a scheduled part of the year. Oh, I know October, na, extreme rules time, na, or June, <laughs> oh, head in the in in cell. So I don't like that stuff. It doesn't make sense to me. It works sometimes with uh, Seth and Cody. Uh, it so happened that it worked because uh, the, the feud started at WrestleMania and it ended at Hell in a Cell. But it, it's not always going to be like that. So I don't like it that much. And I hope that we go back to most of the pay-per-views, premium live events being just them and then add the stipulations as necessary. All right. So get, oh, Sorry, Emil, go ahead. Wait,
1: just wait. pa lang TLC uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah they didn't done. have TLC last year, yeah, uh, but yeah. we probably exactly. won't
0: get it this year again. Yep. Yeah, so usually they either TLC or, or like some other random pay-per-view. So again,
2: before we get into our Throwback Thursday uh, topic, let us hear muna from our fellow podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. All right, guys, if you have made it to this part, you have found the audio only section and we didn't have time for this on the live stream. So we'll get to AEW because a number of things have happened on AEW Dynamite this week, starting off with a brand new member of the broadcast team, one Rene Paquette. Formerly known as Renee Young from the WWE, it was reported that she had turned down an offer to return to the WWE right before they were shaking up the announced teams. So aho, it made sense because her husband is the world champion in AEW. I always thought that's where she was going to go after she left in 2020. What do you guys think of this addition?
0: Again, not surprising kasi her So yes, welcome. To Renee, I don't even think that she needed to do wrestling again. I'll be honest. But yeah, I agree. I Agree. Podcast has been going so so well. Sobrang lakas ng podcast niya, and that she's been having non wrestlers on it as much as she has wrestlers on it, and the more monetized niya. If you listen with the VPN, you'll know what I'm talking about here. So ang ganda lang it. But I don't know if why she needed to do wrestling again, especially since AEW right now is very, very chaotic with all the backstage mess that's been going on and yung mga... Eh, ang, ang gulo eh. Honestly, pa na ako ng AEW. So, the few times that I do catch it, it doesn't live up to the hype. But again, I mean, Renee's back, so that's good. She's always been a great addition. Sana hindi sila magsapawan sa 10-man announced team nila that they like doing on elevation and whatnot, so... Right, congrats to her. yeah, so
1: again, it's pretty much like no surprise at this point, considering uh, John Moxley, her husband is in a w I kind of also agree with chino she doesn't really need to do wrestling. I was actually really looking forward to her maybe going to ESPN or turner sports to do other things, like uh, hockey maybe or maybe basketball. So I don't she's too big for wrestling at this point, but still I'm happy to see Renee she is a a good media personality for for AEW, like I like Alex Marvez, but <laughs> Renee is a welcome addition to as a backstage interviewer. I do hope we can get like similar thing to Talking Smack, so that we can get more out of uh, Renee Young instead of just being the backstage uh, like interview person. So yeah, all right, welcome addition, Cindanisa.
2: Either. Yeah, I don't think they needed an, another backstage interviewer. Yeah. I think that's her role right now. Yeah. But it's a big name and it's a popular name. So I, it's not bad, but it's not super required right now. But okay. Yeah. And generally.
0: Chaka ang lungkot lang na pop was so loud that it kind of buried Christian Cage's segment. Yeah. Yeah. He had the unenviable task of being another Canadian <laughs> in a Canadian city where a bigger Canadian returned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like was nag-cheer karon they, kasi dun sa nagreact dun sa promo ni Christian Cage, and it's it's pretty really unfortunate,
2: diba? Yeah. Eh, ganun nila
0: <laughs> kasi, kasi, ano si reporter siya as in a sense, uh, diba? So, uh. so she shouldn't draw a pop. Right? She shouldn't draw as big a reaction because it's not impartial. But again, I mean, wrestling is weird, you guys.
2: And she's just not that popular, yeah. I guess. All right. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. super popular. All right, uh, let's move on. It's been touched on earlier in the live stream, but Orange Cassidy has won his very first championship in AEW. He beat Pac in the main event of today's Dynamite for the All-Atlantic Championship. Chino, you already mentioned it kanina, but for those tuning in right
0: now to the audio only, why is this such a good match? It's a good match because of the chemistry both men have with each other, especially if you consider Orange Cassidy's style. He's lackadaisical, doesn't care about wrestling, and yet he wrestles to a certain degree. So, this time around, they're really able to to utilize both their strengths and highlight each other. Maganda yung working relationship minandalawa. Because when you're in the ring with Pac, you want somebody that can actually go, and Orange Cassidy can deceivingly actually go. They had they cardio for days, spots for days, and even the end was a nice touch. It was actually very poetic and celebratory. He's just having any road during the live stream that when Orange Cassidy won the character evolution because he actually cared enough to win a championship. This was the problem people had with OC before. The he up nisakyan as a character because he didn't elevate his career because he doesn't care enough. About it. He just wants to be whoever he is. But this time around, he has a title. So it'll be interesting to see how he carries this division on his back. Emil, did you catch it?
1: Yes. Uh, and again, it's a nice touch to have Orange Cassidy finally win a title because I never really, like, I feel like Orange doesn't really need a title because he's so over. Like, when was the last time that like, he was not over? He was always over from the time he came to AEW. Was, he's always getting good crowd reactions and he's always putting on some good matches and but this is a nice touch. like this is something that I never knew I needed, but I needed like it, like again, it was a, it was a good thing he finally won a championship and you can see the evolution of the company now, like you see the day one guys in the roster and the resumes are now building up like Darby Allen already has multiple TNT. Championship rings, Sammy Guevara as well. You see MJF accomplishing so much already. And Orange Cassidy was also one of those guys who was in AW from the beginning. And now he's finally uh, achieved a title in his name. So it's, again, it's an evolution of Orange Cassidy. And I'm just so happy for him and for the fans. Clearly, the fans love him. And warranted naman to title win by Orange Cassidy.
2: All right. Gina already said what I had to say, Kanina. So that's all good. Emil also went in-depth into it. So I'm just going to reiterate the feeling that Orange Cassidy, it was time for him to win a championship. And it was a good moment for him. It was in front of an appreciative crowd. And again, full circle, now he's an even more interesting wrestler, member of the AEW roster. All right, moving on. One other thing that happened... Earlier today, Chris Jericho defended the Ring of Honor World Championship against Brian Danielson. He won mostly because Daniel Garcia, who we thought was going to be part of Danielson's stable and side, turned on Brian and reaffirmed his place in the Jericho Appreciation Society. So, Emil, I know you have feelings about this. Tell us your feelings.
1: I was so pissed off when this happened because like I feel like I wasted months of watching Daniel Garcia developed from this lackey of Chris Jericho to becoming his own man. And now he's back to being Chris Jericho's lackey, or lapdogs. Like, I I saw a tweet from you, Rowan, and and also I kind of agree with it, that I would have been fine with it if Daniel Garcia would have been his own man. Like, he turns on Danielson, but he also disaligns himself with the JAS, he becomes his own man, which I, I really thought that would be the direction of this storyline, at least. Basta, ayoko lang siya bumalik with the JAS, because it's been overdone. Again, they developed this storyline of him being a wrestler. I feel like i wasted my time, uh, honestly, <laughs> watching, All right. watching that storyline.
0: Yeah. Fair, fair. Chino? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> Problematic storytelling has always been a problem with AEWA. Eh? So, parang hindi siya... I, I get where Emil is coming from. It's a little confusing to suddenly turn Daniel Garcia heel again. But I guess the build, I guess the payoff they're looking forward to here is to have a match with Danielson and uh, against Garcia and have actual stakes to it siya for exhibition purposes there's actual story involved but if that were the case siguro they could have done a better job in doing it diba? other than you know something that's just a showcase or for pride or for whatever diba? I don't know it's just it's, I, at the end of the day I'm pretty, pretty ambivalent towards the storyline anyway so again like I said eew Second, then WWE product, so it really isn't a priority in my resting storylines at the moment.
2: Yeah,
1: can I add? Can I add? They also did the same thing with Luchasaurus, like flip flopping in alignment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: We talked about that. Yeah,
1: and they also kind of did the same thing to Jamie Hater. Like Uh, she was getting so much like pops from the crowd, and then at all out, we thought it's finally gonna happen, and then she. Weeks later, she she's aligned herself back with Baker, and that's the thing that I'm really annoyed with AEW. They just you know they just don't know when to pull the trigger on turns and such. And the worst thing about all of this is that the feud between the Combat Club Black Blackpool Combat Club and the JAS is not over. This feud has been going on since April. Yeah, <laughs> it's been six months. Yeah, he'd be putting with like please let this feud end already. And so, yeah, that's a,
2: that's a lot to unpack. First off, I agree in that I wanted Daniel Garcia to be his own man. That's what I said, but uh, I actually wanted Daniel Garcia versus Chris Jericho. I thought that's where we were headed for all out. But game Jericho versus Danielson. We've already seen Danielson versus Garcia. It was a good match. And I don't really need to see it again on pay per view. So I, that wasn't a priority for me as much as Garcia versus Jericho was. So that was pretty sad. But at the same time, I'm also not surprised then with Garcia reaffirming his spot in JAS because it's okay. He started out as a random lackey along with 2.0 and he went through this character evolution then of winning a championship from Wheeler Utah and then establishing himself as a wrestler, as a prospect that both factions really wanted. So that really made him in my opinion. So I don't necessarily agree that he went back right where he started. He's on the same side, but he's on a different level now and I think it still worked out for him. But yeah, I'm also going to agree that this, Feud between the two gangs has gone too far, and while I can say that it has been a little refreshing than say how Vince McMahon would do it, they've kind of made it a crutch, or Tony Khan has made it a crutch that he keeps relying on. So I think it's time to do other things as
1: well. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. this feud end already. And so yeah. I think it's also because we no factions in AEW. Right now. Right now. So there's no one for them to feud with other than each other. So (laughs) maybe that's one.
2: LFI. (laughs) You know, yeah, but it's also a mess right now. I'm going to agree with Chino. The good wrestling is covering up some pretty big storyline cracks in the creative. All right, moving forward to our last item on AW. So we're, we'll go to the meta here and talk about Ariel Halwani talking shit about Tony Khan. Because he, he did an interview with Tony Khan last week in which Tony Khan was very Emil, do you know the backstory of this? Can you summarize it for us?
1: Yeah, so earlier, I'm working at night. So I pretty much saw this when it, like, when it happened, the podcast. So I saw it on Twitter and basically Ariel, uh, Helwani was complaining that the interview was one of the most frustrating interviews he had in his career because basically TK doesn't cave in to his questions, but, um, they deflect. Yeah. And I don't really like TK right, right now, but I kind of side with TK because I think Ariel keeps asking about the CM Punk situation, which TK legally cannot talk because there's an ongoing investigation around investigation, so yeah. I, I don't know i don't know what's he he's getting at like plus TK answered his question. so like anong is he trying to find a sound bite is he trying to get something on TK that will will go viral so for me he's he sounds kind of complaining kind of bitchy about it so that's what i got from what he said so
2: you know you know, you caught up with this
0: drama. Yes, I just read <laughs> up about it from one random article. <laughs> I mean, first of all, Ariel Helwani is a respected MMA uh, journalist. About an a multiple MMA, yeah, yeah, the, uh, journalist of the Year awards, right? So very respected, and I listen to his podcast from time to time as well. So I know that the guy knows his stuff, right? One point of frustration, the Ariel Helwani, is that Tony Khan went on his podcast to do the whole promotion run that people often do when they have to promote something. Of course, by doing that, you're opening yourself up to certain scrutiny because he is a journalist and he has to do his job as well. So if you're going to go on his podcast and, and you're after something, a promotion opportunity, but are not willing to pay the price, as it were, to do that promotion opportunity then why are you on there in the first place diba ano yung yeah. anong diba hindi ba niya na intindihan yung situation niya na nagkataon na nagkagulo sila ngayon sa AEW of course tatanungin siya about that so i don't understand why he like i guess the legal ramifications included i'll sagutin yon but i don't understand why Tony totally Khan has to be a bitch about it. Like, he's so very unlikable to me right now. He started off as this high and mighty savior of wrestling. Tapos ngayon pakinggan. <laughs> Wala na akong sa kanya. If he, oh, he just, he's being Vince at this moment. It's just a character arc that we did not expect to happen, or I did not expect to happen. And it's just so hard for me to side with the guy right now.
1: Yeah.
2: At least Vince Vince knew how to talk to the media, the right?
1: I just remember uh saying uh, like the the Batman code,
0: like die it Lives long enough to see or live long enough to see yourself as a villain, yeah.
1: Yeah, that that's basically what's happened to DK. Right now, so... <laughs> like, he's trying to not be like Vince. But as the, as he goes on to in being an AEW owner, booker, promoter, he's becoming like Vince. And uh, it's both good, it's both bad. Like, that... The, anay, yun yung trabaho eh? comes to the job. So, I don't know. I'll still criticize him for his uh, mistakes and his shortcomings. But, yeah, it's part of the job.
0: That's it. I mean... Tony Khan needs, as much as he thinks he is better than the WWE, he needs to take a lead from the WWE. Because media that pinasok niya could have been easily handled by a WWE media team, not And now he just shows how in- ill-equipped he is with regards to something like this.
2: Yeah. The big thing I have about Tony Khan as a practitioner in public relations is that he doesn't seem to be media trained despite owning three big sports organizations, Fulham, Jacksonville, Jaguars, yeah. and AEW. He doesn't seem to know what to, how to act right in front <laughs> yeah. of yeah. these people, in front of the media as a public figure. So that's baffling to me. That's truly baffling to me.
0: Tony Khan has some serious Scandal Roy vibes, you guys.
1: I, <laughs> I don't want Succession, but I'm pretty sure I get the gist. <laughs>
0: yeah, if you do, you'll
1: get it. Uh... Saka, I think it's time for TK to hire a spokesperson for him.
2: Yeah. Someone who can face the media in front. Yeah. Or at least... Someone to teach him how to talk to the media, like exactly, yeah, That's so hard. <laughs> Every PR
0: firm offers these services because that's literally their job. Oh, since sa either wala ham pa or he just doesn't know because feeding ko naman may media team she, de ba kasi impossible wala. Or, yeah, wala yeah. Pakialam, oh. But then at the end of the day, he just does what he wants to do, and that
2: is so bad for this yeah he also needs his twitter taken away from him and have a team a team manage (laughs) it yeah and so that's uh five or so minutes straight of bitching about tony (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. so bad look bad looks all around and this does not help his already failing character
1: i do have a question i I do have a question how can tk redeem himself like we all bitch about tk but what is it going to take for T? Oh, he just has to clean up... Yeah. I think he just has to
2: clean up his act. All
1: right.
2: Start talking properly. Start acting more professionally. Stop acting like a dweeb on Twitter. Yes. Stop
0: acting like a mark is another yeah, important exactly, thing exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's a big
2: his and his company. Sobrang <laughs> chill
0: Yeah, he fails to acknowledge that his company is not as perfect as he proclaims to the world. He's...
2: He's trying to be one of the boys when he has to be the adult.
0: Yeah. Also, he can start by like putting out a statement with regards to what's actually been happening to AEW to ease the fans or at least investors that he has control of the business. You see, at this point, it's like he's a kid with a very, very expensive train set. Right? Uh, like true. He just true. does what he wants, Flash and
2: and it's also sad that the people who have sided with him, you key people in the industry, like guys like Freddie Prince Jr., even the guys from the Ringer podcast, people I listen to who have supported him and have, have had him on the show, have something negative to say about how he does business. That's kind of telling. That's huge. And I think... You can't, I'm rich your way out of this. You have to pay attention to these criticisms. And if he doesn't, then I have a bad feeling the company will implode eventually. If it weren't for the adults in the locker room. So yeah, that's it for AW Talk. Alright, uh, saying hey to Kyle on Kumu who hasn't made his presence felt in a while. Thank you, Kyle, for the 10 halo-halos. Maraming salamat. Guys. Hey, thank you, Kyle. Tapatan niya yung halo-halo ni Kyle, halo niya. kain niyan. Uh, Skamageddon says, Drew versus Karin should have been a last man standing match at least. Yeah, probably. I think that would have made sense as well. Kyle sent even more halo-halo. Maraming salamat, Kyle. Thank you for the blessings sa pinapaulan mo. Thank you, Kyle. I want to point out something that Roman J said. There's no pay-per-view on December since last year. said so They moved that to day one on January 1. So I don't know if that's still the case this year, but that's not a bad tradition to have. All right, let's move on to our Throwback Thursday topic. You've seen it on Raw. They celebrated. They made it quick. They made it sweet. It's 25 years of D-Generation X. Let's turn to our Attitude Era Scholar. In China, what are your fond memories of DX back in the
0: day? First of all, la kot na which means I am also old. Self-awareness, you say then. No, I have, man, they're old and now I'm old. I mean, I like how the self aware they are, but I just did not need that reminder this week. Jesus Christ, it's just it's just a sad day to be a child of the nineties. But anyway, I love DX man. I've said it time and time again. I love DX, it is an integral part of my childhood. Of who I am as a person, as a student of people, as a part of a generation that literally all told everybody else to suck it. It's just, again, I can just go on and on for an entire episode about how much I love DX, their juvenile sense of humor, (laughs) and the way they just brought it during the Attitude Era, right? Ang, ang saya lang kasi I remember seeing the Kevin Nash of clip on TikTok of how Kevin Nash was actually pissed off when he was still with WCW and he heard that DX was going to the WCW taping in a tank. One of my fondest memories there especially when Kevin Nash said in that interview that they were actually on the other side of that garage door waiting to actually get into a fight with Triple H and Shawn Michaels and x As in talaga sila, guards lang na So that's a, a nice little no, behind the scenes tidbit that that was that I stumbled upon over the weekend. So again, a lot of great memories talking about Degeneration Generation X.
2: Admin Jack, he says, <laughs> um, actually, Shawn Michaels addressed that on Raw. He said that if they were still doing that, this this shtick in 25 years, we have the right to put them out of their misery. So I'm guessing he's saying <laughs> unalive. But, you know, I think they're self-aware enough to know that they shouldn't be doing this when they are in their 70s. Chino, you mentioned their juvenile humor. Did you think that when you saw their juvenile humor
0: to start the show last Monday, did it still hit for you? <laughs> 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 dumadating like, tito jokes na Sala? You know what I mean? Like, para mga tito, yung mga tito mo na, na tanong, oh, virgin ka pa ba? So it's like, it's, it felt very off for me. You know? And then, and then, and then you go into a spiral of how you realize na, puta, hindi na ako nanatawa dito. So, hindi na nakatawa sa akin. Diba? Para, magkakaroon ka lang ng crisis of identity during that time. So, I don't know, man. It's just, it was just a little off for me.
2: Emil, you're the youngest one in this room, in this in this stream. Yes. So, what did you think of DX? I'm sure yung 2000s, or late 2000s DX na Yeah,
1: actually, I yung DX I became a wrestling fan in 2012. It oh damn! Okay, oh, wow. that's, okay. that's past yeah. the pero, second run. But <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid, I remember kids doing the the clutch tap thing. I know what the the suck it thing was. But yeah. Uh, DX DX was fun, and if you don't take wrestling too much seriously, you're it's they're easily they're they're easy to love, and they were a cultural phenomenon. You got kids, you got athletes doing the the crotch shop in games. So yeah, so for me, yun labutan ko na talaga na parang, uh, DX memory was the Raw 1000, where the whole gang. Except for China, reunited and look what lang nalaman na there were more members of DX than just Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nah. yeah, so Rowan here in the comments yeah, we're we're kind of the same. We nabutan lang namin yung DX when, when no, nabutan na si Rowan.
2: Nabutan na si Rowan si DX. Si kau hindi. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. So <laughs> yeah, around the same time period. So I wish uh, I could have seen yung prime ng DX, but again. Just the fact that they were really known, even to me, who was a non-wrestling fan when I was a kid, speaks volumes to how popular and how famous DX was during during their time.
2: Yeah. Say hey to Rowan uh in the chat. Yeah Rowan. Um, he is, I believe, coming home from school. So the joke leave. yeah, <laughs> he really is. We're grinding. <laughs> yeah, send him some love. Yeah.
0: Yeah, send him some love, guys. That's nasa, mm-hmm. nasa midterms week. midterm um,
2: So he needs all our support. Yeah. He is grinding to become a dentist. I hope a better one than Britt Baker DMD. Anyway, my... <laughs> 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 eh, joke lang, joke lang. Better than Isaac All right,
0: ah, Better <laughs> than <laughs> Isaac Yankam.
2: Yeah, better, better. All right. My memories of DX. Before I was even watching wrestling, before I was even playing wrestling games, I knew of DX. I knew of the crotch chops. I knew of the suck it catchphrase. Kids in my school we're doing it like we were six and seven and eight years old and people were and the kids were saying suck it and pointing to their crotch yeah. so of yeah. talagang bad role models for the kids on, on DX sobra. Uh, sobra and then my real exposure to DX was in their mid-2000s run in two, 2006 up until 2010 that was of as as Emil said that was only Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Hornswoggle wow. <laughs> It was kind of getting old, pero siempre mejobata jubata pasilan nun. Oh, Shawn Michaels was pretty old back at the time, but it still kind of was funny for me because siempre college humor, sophomoric humor, that pretty much hit for me. And it was pretty fun. I didn't think that Triple H at that point could still be fun. And he still did. Yes, DX had some problematic moments, especially when Triple H would do blackface. I would like to think that Triple H and Shawn Michaels have evolved from those days because they're yeah. uh, a lot of people are reminiscing about the X. Yeah, daming nagbigay,
0: daming nagbigay na memories from ba. Let's, let's start with Glendale. Favorite moment nyo sa the X, sa messing with the Spirit Squad, that that shit shower that they they gave DX. Pretty funny. pretty funny. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> the original cis squad, right there. <laughs> <laughs> and <then> after that, Saturday night, siro ba? Then they put it bigay dito. The si Glenda Saturday night, they exposed the boobs. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. In the attitude era, yeah. Yeah, DX was not for children. Yeah, it was not. Imagine an entire generation of kids watching something that isn't for kids. It's not not for everybody. And then it's a little people squirt. Another DX. (laughs) No no that they actually did. And to me, because they were able to do this and get away with it in the 90s, it was very reminiscent of the, on how trashy the 90s Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's magandang a era, but because I grew up in it, I can appreciate it That's for true. what it is. Yeah, well.
2: Julian is right in saying that all of that stuff that they pulled would get them canceled today. That's true. It really, really would. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, Kyle says on Kumu, DX and Blink-182 returning, they've announced this week. Wow. It really does feel like the 90s again. And I know some of you are kids in the chat. So uh ni Ma Nikayumaits uh man emil Oh my in- god
0: if there are people here who do not know who Blink one eighty two <laughs> is I am going to apply for a senior citizen discount.
2: <laughs> all right, all right, thank you guys for reminiscing about the X with us. It's crazy, like Chino said, it's been 25 years. It is a stark, stark reminder of how much we have aged. I don't want to say super old, but we've just aged. They have aged.
1: I am younger uh, than DX. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm for sure. The they started
0: 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, was dead. yeah. yeah. yeah I was 10 when I started doing up. I was seven shot. years yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was that young. Wild. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> I am
2: that young. We have represented all of the age brackets here. All right, Julian referencing the infamous backstage segment in which Shawn Michaels superkicks Stan, a.k.a. Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger. So, that's it for our Throwback Thursday. Let's end the slide, Muna. Babyface producer Mike, let us get into our picks of the week. If you are new to this, if you are new to listening to the podcast or watching the podcast, this is the time of the show where we give the segments or matches that we feel you should watch from the past seven days. All right. So, get uh, Emil being our guest. Would you like to start with your pick of the week?
1: All right. So, sinabig It was a, i quit match from Extreme Rules. Edge versus Finn Balor. Pretty much said the my reasons for it for it to being the, my favorite match throughout Extreme Rules. So yeah, uh, Edge versus Finn Balor from uh, Extreme.
0: All right, Gina. All right, so my pick of the week goes out to the Bray Wyatt return uh, because it is that big a deal to me. But if you're really going to press me for a match, then it goes out to AEW and Dynamite and Orange Cassidy versus Pop for the All-Atlantic Championship. Really good match. They really just have good wrestling chemistry, especially considering... That uh, Orange Cassidy style is not as traditional or as conventional as people might think. But when the guy goes, he can go. And when you're in the ring with Pop, you need somebody that can go. And so I really enjoyed it. This is like the third time they faced each other. Yep, but so, yeah, it was, uh, But I still enjoyed it. Like it was the first time watching yeah so I just made a
2: TikTok about it and in, in it I noted that Orange Cassidy has completed a transformation of gimmick so to be careless and aloof he really cares now enough to even win a championship yeah. so really good stuff my pick of the week is also from AW it's not a match I really enjoyed the promo that Hangman cut as a millennial with my own mental health <laughs> issues I really enjoyed his representation yeah. of us and his babyface fire really good way to go home into The title match in Cincinnati next week. Really good stuff. All right, so let's read
0: your picks of the week. Oh, I got this Uh, today. See, Alan, Sabanya Okada versus Jonah, Declaration of Power, New Japan Pro Wrestling. See, Julian, Sabanya, Extreme Rules 2022, the entire card. Wow. And Raw after Extreme Rules. That's the season premiere right there. Uh, Leo Reyes says Extreme Rules, Donnybrook match, Raw, the DX segment. And Orange Cassidy versus Pac as well with me. Sabi Denny Fred, and Picks, yeah, I see Bray Wyatt returning, of course. Dolly Brook match, I quit match, the Bloodline segment from Raw and OC winning the title. Guys, isa isa lang yung picks. Oh, we're limiting you guys to, guys to one picks. pick. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, we you have to, to go. It, <laughs> one, uh, two, back ah, two. Sige. Sige. Nice Okay. Roman J, makes Sheamus versus Gunther for the IC title. That was on SmackDown, the Donnie Brook match, the I quit match from Extreme Rules, and then some button Patao. So we also have Orange Cassidy as a champion. the Albert. We also have Glendale's pick with Sheamus versus Gunther, Bray returning and the Fight Fit match. Pick of the week G and DX Reunion. Bray Wyatt's return. OC winning a championship. Seth winning the US title. Sabedini John. Pick of the week, yeah. Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. Sabedini Glenn. Sabi ni Rowan. Rowan throwing in his pick here. The good old fashioned Donny Brook for him. Good old fashioned Sapahan during extreme rules. John Christopher pick of the week yeah. Pack versus Orange Cassidy. As well. See si naman, sabi Sabinia Bray. you Donnie Brooke. I quit as well as everything else that he said. Pomodi Hangman, a budget Samony Leo. And then top picks the Ina. Yeah, guys, again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of that, a lot of that. <laughs> a lot <of> the same <laughs> same <laughs>
2: things, <yeah. laughs> Orange Cassidy. No, no, no. People listening to the podcast. Orange Cassidy wins. Uh, all Orange days.
0: Cassidy yeah. versus Orange Cassidy winning a championship. Shingo versus Alphantasma in Who's Your Daddy match. It's a New Japan, domination of power. We also have Admin Angela with his picks. Josh Alexander versus Eddie Edwards from Impact. So we have I think that's here. it. We have on it.
2: Kumu. So yeah, let me read really quick from Kumu. Yeah, to cool. Nietzsche pick the city of Toronto's chanting "Scissor Me, Daddy." So that's his pick. Kyle picks Rollins versus Matt Riddle in the fight pit. So, yun yung ating picks from Kumu. Thank you again, guys. Before we leave you, Shepra, it's time to get to some plugs. Chino, let's plug first from you. Babyface producer Mike, let's put up the next slide here. Yon.
0: There we go. All right. So, I am going to be a part of the Cool Pals Comedy Festival that is happening next week. It kicks off on Monday, and it's six straight days of stand-up comedy. I am a part of this show, which features seven of the best comedians who have recently been promoted to Comedy Manila headliners. Kami na yung headliners, ng Comedy Manila, everybody else graduated and moved on to better things. So you see, redoliero Victor Alistair doing their own things. They left us in charge of comedy Manila now, and it is up to us to bring people to the shows. So, Sana, kayo guys, and show your love yeah. for local stand-up comedy. It's right there in the QR code. Also, the number can be seen on your screen. Or if you really, really want tickets, hit me up on my social media code. pages. Yeah, QR code right there on the screen, right there. You i so, uh, Enough time for you to scan it. But if you really want to get tickets, just message me on my social media at Chino Supersized. Yeah. Bahami
2: White Rabbit clue yan. Yeah. Uh, before we get to my plugs, Emil, plug your TikTok, man.
1: Alright, so I'm on TikTok. Uh, I just post sports opinions, wrestling opinions, so you can follow me on TikTok at eml underscore meister22. I'm also on Twitter at eml underscore meister. Uh, shout out again to the friends in the comment section. Angela, Julian, Glendale, Leo, GN, Rowan, all of you. Thank you so much. Big group chat, a <laughs> <watch. laughs> <laughs> group chat, guys? No. This is the group chat in the comment section right. every week. All right. just, just wow. me, you make friends That's all, night, all <laughs> <I'm> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Before I get to my plugs uh, Admin Jackie Pahabo Pick of the Week Black Shirt versus SJM From Road to Fate That's on gang Which I'll plug later Next slide Babyface producer Mike Before that It was already mentioned In the chat MWF taping for this Sunday Has to be moved And rescheduled To November 13 It's unfortunate Because we have A number of Roster members Who have tested Positive for COVID So for everyone's safety For the roster For the audience members We've decided to just Let it die down For a little bit and move it to next month. So, hoping we can see you there. But you can also get tickets to Noche Buena, which is happening on December 11th at the Pera Theater. It is available right now on TicketToMe.net. A whole bunch of a whole bunch of ticket prices. Because uh, like there are different tiers: ringside, orchestra, balcony. And then when you get a ticket, you are also given free access to the next round of MWF Action Novela tapings, which again will happen next month. So get them now And also please subscribe to MWF on Gank as well So you can catch the latest releases And back watch the previous releases It is at manilawrestling.com Again, it's also only $10 or around 600 now I guess, 590 pesos on Gank So there's GCash So if you want to pay by GCash, that's available too So next slide please add uh, Babyface producer Mike uh, also got a plug, uh, Pro Wrestling 101, Escuela de Leon, bit.ly slash Escuela de Leon You can come in any Saturday you want, any Saturday in the May session uh, There are no batches anymore so you can come in and learn how to wrestle Whether you want to break into this industry here in the Philippines or you just want to have a new way to exercise and get fit. So, a lot of people are welcome. Uh, unarguably the best training that you can get here in the Philippines, only for $7.50 a session. All right. That's it for today. Uh, also, sorry. Uh, please follow us on TikTok at Wrestling2XPOD and on Twitter as well at Wrestling2XPOD. That's it for today. Follow us on Facebook at The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And uh, follow us on Twitter as well Yung individual namin At Chino Supersize At Rowazwar, sa kanya At underscore Stancy At Monday Night Rowan That's N-I-T-E And um, please keep supporting The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast Thank you so much to everyone Who was tuned in Thank you so much to the Babyface producers And uh, team members of Podcast Network Asia Who help us get to uh, get going and get our podcast going every week delivering you the best in uh, wrestling talk and processing all your feels right for my co-host for chino for emil that is it for tonight's episode of the wrestling wrestling podcast we are out of here peace